Hi there, welcome to another episode of the Digital Insurance Pint Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Reed, and as always, I'm joined by Steve Earle, CEO of Cheap Insurance, Jeff Roy, CEO of Excalibur Insurance, and Adam Mitchell, CEO of Mitchell & Whale. And this week, we are pleased to be joined by Paul Jackson uh, from Gore. And Paul, I've already forgotten your title. Tom, hi. Chief Operating Officer is my title. It's quite grand. And it's, uh, it's uh, great to be with you. Uh, thanks very much for having me. having me. I really appreciate it. Awesome. So what, what does a Chief Operating Officer do besides have awesome backdrops behind his uh, video camera. How about this backdrop? Eh? It's illuminated. Um, <laughs> awesome. I, I was just trying to just sort of raise the bar on your podcast here, which hopefully, uh, hopefully I've done. Jeff, you missed um, it. It's, it's real. That's not a virtual it, it backdrop. Is. Oh, it's not it's virtual. Happening. It's actually real. Yeah. Can I you, can you touch it and prove that it's real? We want to see yeah, it. Hold on. Yeah, hold on. Hold on. Yeah, hold on. There you go. Look at that. Hey, look at that. First real backdrop <laughs> in uh, dip <laughs> history here. And uh, yeah, so we, we've gone through a, just a tremendous reorganization of our business this year. Um, we have a new CEO. I'm new as COO. We have a new chief financial officer, Lindsay. She, uh, she uh, was promoted this year. We've got uh, new VPs all across the business. So it's just a real huge transformation of our business, which sets us up for the next part of our journey, which uh, hopefully I'll tell you about a bit later. Yeah, absolutely. We'll, we'll definitely get into that. First, we get to get uh, to know you a little better and let our our viewers get to know you a little bit better first. So we got a few Uh-oh. speed round questions. Okay. Uh, okay. So favorite Canadian band, Canadian band of all time, Paul, who's that? Uh, there are Canadian bands. Um, <laughs> Brian Adams. Nice. Okay. Well, I think, yeah, I think with him working with Andy Taylor, the guitarist from Duran Duran and Power Station, like, <laughs> probably dazzled Duran by Duran, that. another, another fantastic British band. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So it's beer time. So yes. uh, Paul, yes. which, which beer have you got going there? I haven't actually owned it yet, but I'm going to, it's Pucker Up. All Pucker right. Up Grapefruit from, I don't know where actually. Garrison. Oh, the Pucker Up East oh, Coast Sour. But... I've also gone with the, uh, the Garrison's Tall Ship. I've tried to chase a new sponsor. We're going Sapporo tonight. <laughs> oh. I got Garrison. I got the uh, little juicy IPA. I think somebody had that last episode. I'm, I'm, I'm on the juicy, juicy, little nice. juicy, little juicy. All right, Paul, what is your favorite or least favorite part of the industry? Uh, favorite part has got to be when I get letters from customers. <laughs> but most of the time I get letters, not so good. But sometimes we get a letter that's people describe how we've, sort of you know rescued their their situation which is usually pretty dire it's usually um it's usually uh, property losses house fires and things like that where people have lost everything and then we've gone in and we've you know helped them back on their feet and they send you letters and i have to tell you you know most of the time and we just get on with what we do in insurance but occasionally a letter comes or it's usually an email comes past me that really just sort of re-energizes me so that's probably the favorite part least favorite part it's got to be Microsoft Teams. That has got to be my least <laughs> favorite part. <laughs> if you'd asked me in March, I would have said, oh, Microsoft Teams, isn't that so cool? Now, I'm totally over it. <laughs> awesome. Who's your favorite Muppet? Kermit the Frog. Kermit the Frog. Safe Hi-ho, choice. Kermit the Frog here. We also <laughs> would have accepted Tom Reed. <laughs> you know in britain Thanks. when you call someone a muppet you, that's where you're yeah, going that's right? not good yeah, yeah it's not it's good, not yes. a good no it's not, not a good a compliment thing. it's not a compliment no okay fill in the blank if you were elected prime minister of canada blank would be legal if i was elected prime minister of canada 
having British people as the Prime Minister of Canada would be legal. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On the subject of British people, name one of the seven dwarfs. Oh, dopey always comes to mind. <laughs> All right. Who do you most admire in the Canadian PNC industry? It's got to be Charles Brindamore, hasn't it? If you look at 10 years of what they've done in that business, I mean, man, that's impressive. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, Charles Brindamore, probably the most impressive guy in the insurance industry in the time that I've worked in the industry. Yeah, good call. Good he call. did turn us down for this podcast, by the way. So. <laughs> Case in point. Case in point. <laughs> He's five years ahead. He already knows where we're going. Wrapping up the speed round, if you were given an all-expenses-paid trip to Sarnia, would you take it? I have been given an all-expenses-paid trip to Sarnia on several occasions, and there's a beautiful highway. And in the winter, it's just all white, and it's snow, and it's, it's actually a beautiful place. So I have been, and yes, I would. All right, awesome. Okay, let's get into the serious uh, part of the conversation here. So, Paul, you alluded earlier to some significant strategic changes and significant investments. Uh, you guys are making changes to the senior management team. What's the point of all that? What's the, what's the goal that you guys are heading towards? Okay, so um, we did a huge piece of work, strategy work, a couple of years ago. Andy Taylor, our new CEO, and I led this. Um, we call it um, Project Next Horizon. And really what we were trying to get at is, you know, we're a mid-sized mutual company here. What, what does the future look like? What are, the, what are the, um, the drivers of change, the macro drivers of change that are going to influence our future? Uh, consolidators driving on the manufacturing side, consolidation happening on the distribution side, data and analytics really coming into play, you know, customer expectations just, you know, exponentially uh, greater than they have been in the past. And we looked at our business model and we looked at our scale and we looked at what we, we, what we were doing in the market. And um, it actually wasn't going to take us to the next 10 years and beyond. Um, and so, you know, we had two choices to make. We could either sort of retrench as a regional mutual company and really sort of refine our roots. Or we could actually put our capital to work and use that capital to actually fuel a transformation that allows us to grow. So Next Horizon is actually about creating um, a top 10 Canadian um, uh, property casualty insurer on the national stage. Um, and we actually think that that's achievable. So it's an audacious goal, but it's a doable goal. And that gets us to sort of 2 billion in premium um, with a sort of a, a scalable brand and a scalable operating model. Um, and so we think that billion is achievable uh, organically working with, uh, with our existing brokers, working in our, ex you know, penetrating existing markets. And then the next horizon after that, which takes us really to the big prize, um, you know, we anticipate um, capital models will come into play, capital models for mutuals, access to external capital, maybe a transaction that might come later for our business that um, creates a, a scale for the future. But, but Next Horizon, which is what we're working on now, is, is um, it's really the key to the future of our company. And I, and I have to say, in the last um, sort of six to nine months through the COVID crisis even, it's just been an extraordinary amount of change for us. Um, we also have a new chief technology officer, a guy called Jazz Dinza, who joined us from TD Bank. And he's taking a completely new sort of view on core technology and digitizing our business to create a scalable model for the future. Brand new CHRO, Sonia Boyle, again, another game-changing individual. Uh, we have Leshek Bialy. He joined us uh, this year as vice president of commercial. Gavin brown Jowett joined us this year, vice president of personal line. So all new management team, wow. really big ambitions. And, um, you know, we hired since March 
We've hired 70 people. I mean, we only have a workforce of 400 in the first place. Um, and in the next 12 months, we're going to hire another 100 people. So it's a, really, it's a really tremendous time of change for our company. Really exciting, actually. Is there an example in our industry of anyone who has pulled off this sort of transformation? Or are you guys blazing the pretty first trail towards this? It's actually a great question. And, and uh, I'm not sure I can think of, of an example. There's no one operating sort of in a general insurance market like we are sort of, you know, regional, but multiple regions at our sort of scale, half a billion, who, um, who's really pulled off a growth um, story in the way that we're, we're planning it. But no, I, I, I feel like we are, we are, what do you call it? Blazing a trail? Is that right? Yeah. 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 There's, there's a couple, I mean, uh, not, I, I would agree, not to this sort of scale or order of magnitude for the goal set, but um, economical over the period of years is growing quite a bit. And now they have some other ambitious goals to go ahead. Intact over a longer time period was once a very small company, went to a, a lot of M&As and operational excellence. You guys were taking a very modern uh, approach in tech. Um, I, I, guess I, guess the, I guess the difference for us, Adam, is that we're a mutual. So, you know, we have to capitalize our own growth. Um, there are models, um, taking the U.S., for example, you know, Liberty Mutual is a gigantic company um, and, and does benefit from different sorts of capital structures that allows it to actually um, access external capital. There isn't a model in Canada today that allows us to actually, um, you know, uh, access the uh, the capital markets or private investors to grow a business, um, and and that's something we're going to look at because if we, you know, if we create a brand here and an operating model that's attractive mm -hmm. from a return standpoint, then. Um, you know, then we could be onto something in terms of scaling our business. You know, I think it's, it's incredible with the next horizon that 181 year old mutual, the one of the oldest mutuals or the oldest mutual in Canada mm -hmm. is able to can reinvent itself in such a dramatic way. And uh, I really admire that you're purpose driven. Do you think you'd be able to continue to attract the top talent? Candidly, it's been tough for us to compete for talent because, you know, if you've got um, people who are sort of highly sought after, technologists, front-end developers, marketers, actuaries, commercial underwriters, a lot of these people are attracted to the bigger brands, you know, where, where there's a, va a value pro proposition for employees, which is sort of beyond what you might expect at a company like ours. But we made some good progress on that. You're right, we have attracted some, some talent. And what, what, what we're really finding now is that talent attracts talent. Um, and, and so the new people that have joined us this year come with networks of, of, uh, of colleagues and, and uh, you know, uh, people they've worked with before um, that, that have never heard of Gore Mutual, but they say, hey, well, if you've gone there, there must be a reason, so tell me about it. Uh, but it's going to be increasingly, uh, you know, it's, gonna, it's, it's, still a, it's still a tough road for us because I said we've got 100 people we're hiring um, next year. Wow. And a lot of these roles yeah. are sort of specialist roles where people are, you know, at high performing companies today and, and we're looking to attract them to join us. It's not an easy thing to do. Um, but, uh, but, but yeah, we're, we're actually making some great progress. What was the timeline for being 2 billion? It's a, um, so Next Horizon is a 10 year timeline. 10 years. Okay. Yeah. So in 10 years, going from half a billion now mm. to 2 billion, mm. um, clearly you're going to have to make some new appointments and do some expansions. Yeah. What about territorial expansions? I mean, beyond new appointments within the territories you're at now, 
uh, offering good overrides for RSA books during the next six months. Um, what about territory? And being from the East, obviously, I want to know about your, your presence down here. We like what Gore has to offer. We like what you're doing digitally. Can we see more of it? Yeah, well, the answer to that, um, Steve, is, is a resounding yes. We're not going to get to where we need to be without being a national uh, company, having a national footprint. But excluding Quebec, our view is to be a national uh, footprint. You know, most of the brokers that we do business with, we, um, you know, we have room to grow. Um, and so the opportunity for us to strengthen our position within existing brokers um, uh, to, to actually produce significant premium growth, is that's our first priority. The second priority that you'll start to see from us probably in 2022 is that we definitely want to start um, to strengthen our position in Eastern Canada and um, Alberta and the prairies where we, where we are, you know, frankly non-existent in some of those markets, but very, very small. Um, and we think there's tons of opportunity to do that, particularly as, and somebody mentioned this earlier, particularly as you see consolidation in some of the large carriers, um, you know, naturally brokers say, look, you know, I've, I, I want to make sure I'm managing concentration. I want to make sure that I'm, you know, I've got access to, to uh, capacity, access to market, access to different products. That creates opportunities for companies like us to step in. Um, so I want to make sure that our timing is right. But the answer is yes, definitely. We, you will find Gore Mutual. Probably starting 2022, you will find Gore Mutual in Eastern Canada and Alberta for sure as a starting point. You mentioned your affinity or your respect for Brindamore. Intax originating name was what? <laughs> the Halifax Insurance Company. I just want to throw that out there. Thanks, Paul. There was also Western Union, by the way, just so you know, it wasn't just the Halifax speaking as a Calgary boy. <laughs> now the spotlight's on me. Um, let's talk about something I'm interested in. Uh, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> what a dick. Um, Paul, can you tell, talk to me about what is Gore's position around uh, IBAC DX? The more, the more cumbersome and difficult the industry is, the, the more it encourages brokers to you know, leave back books where they are because, you know, it's expensive and complicated to do anything but that. And that's not in our interest. It's in our interest for brokers to say, okay, let's take a look at where these customers are. And is there a better solution out there? And we want to be, you know, part of that better solution. So anyway, you know, if you can put some energy and, and, uh, and discipline and sort of, uh, you know, cohesion around this and get people at the table, uh, get the right participants at the table sort of talking, then we, we will support 100%. So you, you laid out for us a, a, a grand vision of $2 billion um, over, over a decade. Yeah. Um, and, and so to reel it back into a, a closer time horizon, mm. um, where, what, do we, what should brokers expect out of Gore for 2021? There, there are five sort of key um, sort of revenue initiatives driving our plan for next year. So this is where brokers will really sort of see a difference in us. First one is around GTA personal lines. We're working with a, with a small group of pilot brokers out of the gate to really strengthen our position in GTA personal lines. You know, a decade ago, in terms of business development, we sort of pulled out of GTA and we have a market share that, you know, is commensurate with that. 
now we've invested a significant amount in pricing. We're, we're on a, the fifth generation now of a new pricing algorithm that we launched in 2016. We feel very confident in that on auto. We actually call it confident pricing. Um, and we've, in the last couple of years, really invested in anti-fraud capability that gives us real confidence that we should be you know, actively pursuing uh, a market share for GTA. So that's one element. Second element, which I'm really excited about, and brokers will see a real difference from us next year, is um, a brand new commercial lines operating model. The strongest growth is actually in commercial auto, fleet Nurka. We've always made money, but we're sort of subscale. And so we've got a really significant, about 30%, I think, growth plan. Wow. Second battlefront is construction. And this is an area where, again, we know that we are profitable um, and we're competitive and we think we're underpenetrated. Third battlefront is in manufacturing, another area where we feel that we can win. So that's not to say we're not going to write other classes of commercial business. We continue to do that and you know, we do that every day. But and I think brokers will see much more discipline and focus from us and, and, and better, better responsiveness, actually, in commercial. So that's the second thing. Third thing is we are very, very excited to do deals with brokers in 2021. 2021, we are deal hungry. So we're looking for, against the commercial battlefronts, personal lines, you know, mix, whatever's out there that, that we think we can, um, we can win on, we are, we are really anxious to do deals with brokers. So that's the third thing. Fourth one is, again, Ontario, focus on um, personal property sophisticated pricing. So I said we were on generation five on our auto product. We just literally, I think it was last week, we launched gen one of our personal property product. And I know we're like way, way behind the curve here, but the new um, algorithm is based around uh, personal credit score. So first time for us. Um, and, and, you know, we are going to get uh, some grumpy brokers, I think, because, um, it's no, gonna cause a, it's going to cause it a bit happens. of Yeah, I know. I know. You, you already read my email I sent already last week. <laughs> Just to FYI, you can credit score auto in Nova Scotia. It's one of the only jurisdictions, if not the only jurisdiction. You, where you, can, uh, you, can, you, do, can, you can do it now. Credit score score Anything you can do, we can do better. Anything we can do, you can do later. <laughs> where was i and up behind number five is uh oh straight through processing oh this is 2021 yes that's what i said wow. the most ambitious plan ever guidewire live for personal auto in june and personal property in september and wow. we're also launching something i'm not sure it's going to be called this but we're sort of describing it as the link center because links l-y-n-x super cool name the link center will be live uh, to support personal pro uh, auto personal property next year as well. So it's just, it's a really more responsive operating cool. model and straight through processing. Well, I, I want to go back to uh, when I heard deals, deals, deals. Who's that going to be with that growth? Is it, are you going to start chasing alphabet houses, uh, national aggregators? Like what's going to define your growth insofar as who, who you're going to grow with? And what do those brokers look like? Hmm. Great question. I suppose, um, sort of logically, brokers that carry significant volume where we have a low market share, great opportunity there for us. Um, because, you know, the, the sort of growth that we're talking about is not growth that's going to attract the attention of our competitors. Um, 
you know, you know, obviously when you're growing, you're eating somebody's lunch, but it's not of a scale that's going to sort of, um, it's going to, you know, sort of upset the market. Um, it's the sort of growth that, um, you know, large regional and national brokers are capable of supporting a company like us to achieve, uh, you know, while maintaining balance in their portfolio. So clearly that's a focus area for us. We're also really interested in talking to digitally minded brokers or, you know, you know, really digitally minded brokers who are actually focusing on investing their own dollars into their own business, particularly when we get through this guide wire thing, sort of back to Jeff's question, you know, why would you do the guide wire thing? Because we're dead in the water in having really meaningful discussions on digitizing the customer experience with brokers like you, if we're on sort of crappy old systems. What's Gore's uh, split commercial lines to personal lines right now? 30, 70 probably now. Yeah. And, through throughout that plan is there are you going to change that yeah. volume a little bit you know for the longest time we were heavily dependent on personal auto ontario we're really shifting that balance now and um through this plan period we'll we'll move to more of a 50 50 in 2021 we'll actually we'll be pretty much 50 50 personal auto personal property um and that's been a long sort of standing objective for us and i expect us to see more balance as we go forward because that was a real focus on those battlefronts in commercial that I was talking about earlier. Hey, loyal listeners, when you hear me say CAS certified, that means that we use them in our agency. Are you a local insurance agent looking to take your business to the next level? Write more business and see your agency succeed with NBS aka Nationwide Brokerage Solutions. But like in today's world, we use these initials like it's cool because it is. And it's hip. At Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, they offer the challenges local agents face in the constantly changing market. That's why they offer a wide array of personal and commercial markets and policy options to help you meet the needs of your customers, no matter how unique they may be. With a team of experienced and dedicated professionals that provide you with the support and the guidance you need to see your agency succeed. Nationwide Brokerage Solutions is here to support you every step of the way. Don't you survive in the competitive insurance industry? Thrive with Nationwide Brokerage Solutions today. Get started today and learn more at mbsbrokerage.com. That's where you learn more, mbsbrokerage.com. Cast certified. So you've given us a a pretty good vision of of, of where you guys are headed with some really ambitious goals. Where do you see the broker of the future going? And then, and maybe it's a good time for an update on the insurance store as well. This, there seems to be no um, sort of let up in the consolidation of brokers. No. There's, there's also a demographics thing that continues to change, right? A lot of people who are realizing the asset they've spent decades uh, building totally uh, you know, legitimate thing to do. So I guess what I would say, I see perhaps a small number of significant uh, brokerage businesses, national brokerage businesses, maybe part of um, private equity groups or international groups or carrier owned. And then, and then probably, a, you know, if you fast forward, I don't know, five to 10 years, probably a, a really eclectic group of regional and digital brokers that are forging their own path. Um, whether that is based around a certain 
geography or brand or customer group or whether it's based around a certain sort of distribution model or technology capability or something. But I, I tell you what I do see though, the traditional, you know, local general insurance agent. I just, I mean, I think that's going to be a tough road. You know, you're not part of a large scale group. You're not getting the scale benefits. You're not getting access to the talent and the technology and um, the sort of sophisticated capability you're going to need to compete. You know, you're going to need to have something, something that is going to be powering that growth. So I think it's going to, I think there's still a lot of change to come. I, I still, I'm just amazed by the, um, the consolidation just continues at a pace, which is just extraordinary. And there just seems such a, uh, an appetite, uh, continued appetite for it. What's your insurance store update? Yeah, insurance store. So, you know, um, you know, we've always been pretty open about this. Um, you know, we own, a, we wholly own a network of, uh, of uh, brokers that we've acquired over the years. Um, we're actually consolidating all of those businesses together uh, to create one single brokerage and rebranding it uh, as insurance store. And that will be a combination of, um, of a sort of a, a bricks and mortar type proposition with also a, a digital front end, um, which we're investing in. Um, and I think, you know, um, we have, I see, I'd say fairly modest, uh, growth obje objectives for that. The one thing that we are very interested in and, and open to are ideas about how we might partner with, um, other brokers to fuel the future of that business. Um, it being a subsidiary of the, of the insurance company, um, there are lots of capital options for that business in terms of um, strategic partnerships or, uh, um, you know, uh, whether they're sort of technology partnerships or we'd even be open to, well, we're open to any sort of transaction with that business in the future. And, and the reason I'm sort of open about that when I talk to people is because I'm sort of interested in, in, in approaches, you know, if, uh, if there are, Brokers out there that say, "Well, you know, I'm, I've got there's, some, there's something about my business that might be a great fit synergy for your business." We're certainly open to that. And you're going to use it to kind of to test to test some of your ideas, and you know, basically a testing partner where you could try some different things. Obviously, Guidewire, <laughs> hoping to get Guidewire going to do that, right? That that is exactly it. It's actually a great uh, sort of petri dish for for testing stuff. I mean, one one thing that. I think insurance insurance companies always sort of struggle with a bit is, you know, if we're investing in some technology or something, you've got to see if it works, right? And so if, if I come to you and say, hey, can we see if this works? You might say, yeah, great, perfect. But also you might say, that's oh, just a massive pain in the ass and I'm really busy and I've got a whole bunch of other things on and testing your latest idea is not really top of my list. This business actually gives us an opportunity to sort of say, actually, you know, let's, let's, um, Let's, let's test some stuff. And, and, and it will come to life next year because when we are launching Guidewire uh, personal, uh, personal lines, personal property, we will likely do some, you know, sort of pre-testing in insurance store um, so that it's in better shape. It's in great shape by the time it actually gets out to, to our brokers. So is a, the insurance store Petri dish plan through growth to become a swimming pool? You know, CBL, or, you know, where, where are we going with this? Actually, I'll be, I'll be t totally frank with you. Um, at, at this point, um, you know, there's no particular sort of uh, secret plan to do anything um, extraordinary with it. I do think it needs to be a scale business though. It's like anything else, like, it, you know, it's not going to work if it's just sort of a collection of regional offices. It's, it's you know, we do, we do see it as being a scale business. I've got a few examples of, of 
insurance executives that have distribution via broker ownership angles. And it's amazing how fast they know when the market's changing versus the organizations that don't have any line of sight to that and just trust in the goodwill of distribution's good word. Um, you know, people, people uh, from the insurance store provide me with almost instantaneous feedback when we get things wrong and it's very candid and it allows us to course correct before it gets out to, you know, the rest of our brokers. And that's actually really helpful for everyone. Uh, where's Gore going to go with the paperless initiative in 2021? Are you going to wait till you get Guidewire going and then make the shift? Is that the plan or what? Yeah. I'll come back to your question, but COVID it hasn't really changed our trajectory this year. It caused a bit of a bump for us earlier in the year because we had a whole financial situation to deal with um, right at the very outset. But I think one of the legacies of COVID is going to be um, much more impatience from customers for sort of crappy customer experience because so much was so quickly improved because it had to be. So we, we are totally committed to getting ourselves to a point where we're at least at the benchmark of customer expectations and frankly paperless is a key part of that of course there's also a significant business case there for us around um the cost of um not just paper but postage beyond paperless give me two other things that the industry could do that would really benefit the public perception of, of insurance you know we have an opportunity to leave a you know, a really positive legacy in, you know, when we look back on how we behaved during the pandemic. Um, you know, one of the things that we did right out of the gate in, um, I think it was April, we literally wrote a check to all of our personal auto customers um, and gave some premium back. And, you know, it's, it's a combination of, you know, the right thing to do and also being seen um, as doing the right thing. Uh, you know, and then we subsequently, you know, through our foundation gave, um, you know, uh, $2 million to support, uh, you know, COVID relief efforts. Um, and, and I think, you know, again, we're now looking at working with the industry wherever we can to support um, customers to ensure that insurance is available. And, you know, it needs to be adequately priced, <laughs> but, um, but it all, we also need to have an eye on, you know, uh, making sure that we are supporting wherever we can our customers to get through this difficult time. And I think that will have a lasting effect, positive or negative, depending on how industry and, and carriers and brokers actually play it. It will have a, it will have a legacy in terms of the reputation for, for our industry. Sorry, before your question, man, I, I want to give a little kudos of a nice move. And that was appreciated the way that Gore handled that. Um, that was nice from a broker perspective and it was nice on behalf of our clients. So, uh, you showed good leadership and judgment in, in executing that quickly, I think. Did Thank you, you get relief without endorsement? Yes. Oh, that's beauty. Yeah, that's, uh, that's good. It's, it's been really, that was awesome for us. We really appreciated that. A quick question. We're getting close to wrapping up here, Paul. Yeah. But uh, one of the things, Gore was one of the first, maybe the first company that actually said, hey, we're going to map out the uh, claims adjuster's notes so brokers know what the heck's going on in the claim file. Yeah. Now, going forward with Guidewire and all your, your, your changes, what's the plan about building a new claims experience and ecosystem? Is that something in 2022? Do you have any plans next year to do that? So next year, no, because next year is all about core uh, guidewire just getting that in but on top of guidewire there's this thing they call the innovation layer 
And our claims people are super excited about the opportunities to start really um, leveraging API to build in exciting tools that bro both brokers and customers can, can uh, access in, in claims. Um, so it's, we have all sorts of things planned around that. And I think for us, we see that as being the one place where we can really differentiate the customer experience. In, you, know, you know, in the broker connectivity world, funny we were just talking about this, we actually don't want to do anything radical or crazy or out there. We don't want to come to some of these committees and say, hey, guys, here's something you've never heard of and, is, <laughs> and nobody else is doing, but it's super cool and we're doing it because you're going to say that's, that's, <laughs> that is not the point of this exercise. Whereas in claims, when it's specifically for customer and even broker interactions, that's where we really feel like we can do something stand out, sort of unique and reflects our brand. So I'd say watch this space, Jeff, for 2022. Cool. So awesome. into, uh, I guess, a brief overview of, of you know, uh, how you might raise capital under the mutual structure and, and you know, drag some Southern models up here or explore some things. Have you, have you then, with that planned newfound capital, thought about buying Intact? <laughs> Adam, you weren't supposed to mention that. It oh. was supposed to be, it was, that was supposed to be a little secret. But I just, I did, I track. are we keeping Brenda Moore or not? I mean, <laughs> well, I did say at the outset that, that uh, he was my most impressive guy in the industry, right? So yeah, but, I don't know. We, I think we, we, might, we might keep him on. There might be a BD role somewhere. <laughs> Okay. And on, on that note, let's, uh, we'll move to our closing. So I've got a few questions for you, Paul, and then we'll let you uh, give us your closing thoughts here. So in no particular order, yeah. what, what problem would you fix with a magic wand? Doesn't have to be an insurance problem. What one problem would you fix with a magic wand? Oh, well, um, inequality. Awesome. Yeah, nice answer. And we also would have accepted awesome. Trump's. We also would have accepted Trump's hairdo, but so that's okay. <laughs> or or, uh, yeah. or concession, concession. Or Tom's. <laughs> uh, what uh, what non insurance company do you most admire and why? Oh, I hate to I hate to say it's, it's, I feel like it's a sort of dirty secret, but I I really admire Amazon, but I also dis despise Amazon. It's like a love hate relationship. I, I really I dislike the fact that Amazon is putting all these small medium businesses out of business and ruining sort of like, you know, medium towns, you know, main streets where there's all these little shops and different, I, I, I really hate Digital them. Walmart. I hate the fact that they're killing, that like they're, they're killing all these communities and these cultures, but man, that is an, but it is an impressive business. I mean, that is, you know, again, it's like we were talking about at the, at the, at the outset. There are some businesses where you just think, well, that, that's, that is some impressive people doing some impressive stuff. Very disciplined, focused, and, um, you know, obviously immensely successful. So as much as I hate to say it, Amazon. Okay, awesome. Uh, tell us something that you weren't supposed to tell us during this uh, conversation here. Well, I wasn't supposed, well, Adam did it for me. I, we weren't supposed to reveal that Gore Mutual was going to take over the world and then buy Intact, but there you go. The color. It's already the right color. <laughs> That's right. Awesome. Okay, so uh, just a quick shout out to our sponsors. So we have a representative of one of our sponsors here today, Paul. Uh, so on behalf of the group, thank you very much to Gore for sponsoring this. Cheers. Thanks very much for yeah. having thank me. Thank you, I Gore. I really enjoyed it, yeah. Thanks, Gore. Yeah. You guys, you guys are awesome. Also, shout out to Crew.io and our charity partner who takes all of our money, WIC. Uh, so thanks so much for that, guys. And um, cheers to everybody. So cheers, guys. And um, cheers. Paul. Cheers.
let's let's uh, let's let you wrap up this episode here. Give us your closing thoughts. Okay. Well, uh, I, um, first of all, I just want to say thanks for having me. I really enjoyed it. Um, I have to admit, I was a little apprehensive coming into this because. Um, you're such a smart, sophisticated guy. Actually, no, that, that wasn't why I was apprehensive. <laughs> I was apprehensive because I thought you was, <laughs> I was apprehensive because I wasn't quite sure where this was going to go. But I thought if I put, if I did the illuminated backdrop, then at least it would set me up as being somewhat professional and I could set a tone. But I really enjoyed it and a good conversation. I have to say, good on you for doing this. And um, you know, I think the more voices, I think I said I said this to you, Adam. I think when we first started talking about the podcast, the more voices and the more diverse people you can get from the industry to join you like this. I think, I think you can make something really cool out of this. Um, my, my parting shot would be just, you know, talking to your audience, which I, I think would be, you know, mostly brokers um, is uh, as always. And I always say this, thank you sincerely for supporting us. You know, I realize that, you know, you don't have to, <laughs> I always say that to brokers. I know you don't have to support us. You can do whatever you want. And so I appreciate the fact that you do. Um, and, uh, and I hope that you sort of find our, uh, vision for the next little while compelling. Um, one, you know, one thing that is really special about us is that we are a Canadian company. The decisions are made right here. They're made by me, by Andy and our executive team, by Laurie Bader, etc. We make the decisions. Um, we work on a much smaller canvas than some of our competitors, but um, but but we're agile and we're responsive and we are all about working with brokers. And so, you know, if you find our story compelling, then um, I would welcome you to support our ambitious uh, growth targets. But thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Paul. Thank you very thanks, much, Paul. Paul. Good to see you again, Paul. What do you guys think? The, the guy just kind of oozes charisma, right? Yeah. Like, you feel like he could sell you a toilet brush and you'd be happy and thankful that you bought this thing. It's like, he's, he's just got that the illuminated background is a perfect piece like it's just it's <laughs> oh, awesome. together and he's he's open and down to earth and you could just keep going like you know he, they've they've got a big hairy audacious goal they painted a picture they and they're attracting some of the best talent in the world and it's a stretch goal but i believe they can do it like is there anyone dreaming bigger quadrupling nobody you know intact intact's out there doing some interesting acquisitions but in terms of organic growth no way if no i way. had a concern I think they might go big with your BFL, your Aon, and your Marsh, and they might try to get in that door and 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 I don't know that like, open be whores that way. Politics there, Steve. Like I, I think they're going to go wherever they need to go to accomplish their goal. So if if you're going to be able to provide them with support and growth and period and help support that goal, are you going to be able to give them growth? They have a four X model that they want to hit and if you can help them do that they're going to support where it comes from you don't invest a tremendous amount of time energy and money into digitizing your business just to go to aon and pay an override for a 200 million dollar book of business you're doing that you're doing the digital investment because you want to have many many partners and take take the sand out of the gears and and uh, you know make that policy by policy thing work. He didn't come out and say that, oh, they're not going to do the, you know, the big guys, which you know, I mean, sure they can do that, but I think they're also gearing up to work with as many players as possible because they're investing in digital. The other thing too is they've got 50, is it this next year, 11%, $50 million growth. If they have competitive rates and they price their products properly and they've expanded their market, their existing partners probably can easily do that. So they're probably not out to point 
big, great big brokers where they're not number, they're number three or four or five. So I don't see that part of their strategy, right? So can can they demutualize? Can they? No, no, they're right. Well, they can. Oh, so they're like, well, they, they they can demutualize, but they've they, chosen not to, and they they're in a different position. No, Jeff, there's a difference between can. Well, won't. no, 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 no. So they, they've just, they've already said they won't. Now they've have to have a vote. They've got so much. Every every policyholder is a vote. I'd love to peel back the onion and learn more about creative ways to raise money from the U.S. as a mutual. If they have aggressive growth plans and something goes offside or they have bad results, that's the only thing really holding them back. But hopefully, their pricing model and what they've done will position them so they are. You know, they said they're going to benchmark loss ratios is what they're planning. Now, if a black swan event happens, that can put you back. And if you can't go to the market to get capital, that's where it's good. They're already looking at Plan B. But I would love to hear more about that. Quadrupling in 10 years means that growth rate, it's about 14, 15% a year. When you start talking about four times, that's a huge number. But, you know, when you break it down to, okay, it's you know, 14, 15% per year, it becomes a more manageable number. You know, 15% every year as you grow, it becomes a little more difficult and you have to put more capital into it. The number of new business at 500, 500 million versus a million, the scale is just so much more adding the people in there. And it's good to see their people, they're scaling up ahead of the, the curve with people. A lot of people want to grow and they put people in last. So I thought that was kind of good. They're actually going to have bodies there to do it because if you don't have the right people to pull this off, the strategy and all this is all for naught if the people can't deliver, right? Yeah. Well, and the other, the other part of that too is like, whether it's your broker or company, you know, if you're a $5 million broker, you don't understand what it's like to be a $20 million broker. If you're a $50 million broker, you don't understand what it's like and what the needs are of a $200 million broker. Yeah. They don't, they haven't been there yet and there's going to be some hurdles on the way that they didn't see fucking coming. Look at the look at the amazing um, marketing branding thing they've taken on in the last bit. Where the fact that we can all name their their New Horizon strategy, their fast forward event, and yeah. like modern mutual handle, like it's it's no small feat to own that headspace in all of our heads, and that probably put them on the radar for some of the big things too. Yeah. And they're, they're almost a purple cow of branding for like that mutual, that size, right? Like they stand out. Uh, you know, they look at the guest speakers. You said it fast forward, look at their articles. They're interviewing Colin Mockery, for instance, or uh, Strombo, or, you know, they're, they're interviewing people outside the industry to learn, to give brokers glimpses of ideas they can bring in the industry. Like I don't know any mother market that's doing that. And uh, they're taking a whole different angle and approach, which is good. As a broker that doesn't have them and they're not in my territory, I almost see them as doing the reverse of what Wawanisa did. Wawanisa got really, really big quietly and had no digitization, had nothing, and then decided to wake up and, holy fuck, we got a monster we got to fix. Whereas these guys are smaller and they're trying to fix it now and then go big. They're using digitized to grow. You know, they're trying to, that's their strategy. One, along with being purpose driven and the other uh, three things are platform. They're doing that, right? So it's, it's exciting. Like, it's nice to see some Canadian companies nice. doing some different things, right? So I'd like to, I'd like to, uh, I'd like to see them out here and I'd like to talk to them first. All right. So also, Steve, we'll put your phone number on the bottom of the screen here so Paul can call you when he comes out to uh, Nova Scotia. That's right. If he doesn't come see me first, because I sent him fucking beer, 
He'll never get another fucking beer again. Let's Record make a deal. That. Well, well Lori Vader, let's make a deal. All right. Hey, you know awesome. what? They got they got some they got some culture. They got some bazaars, and it's great. Some swagger, and it's nice to see in the industry, right? So. Hello, loyal listeners. Hey, are you a local agent struggling to find markets for your client? Maybe you, maybe not. Look no further than Nation Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With NBS, as they say it in the cool world, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and grow your business, A.K. agency. Don't settle for less. Do more with NBS. For more information about Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, visit nbsbrokerage.com. Cast Certified.